Okay, brethren, at this time, we're blessed to have our sermon for today, brought to us by Pastor Steve Andrews. It is entitled, Written for Our Admonition. Well, greetings to all of you, brothers and sisters in Christ, and those who tune in. I want to say my greetings to you today, but I also want to share a blessing. Um, I was thinking about Paul and how he would always open all of his epistles with a blessing. So I want that blessing to be on you today, and I want to say to the Church of God, which is at Tulsa. <laughs> I mean, Corinth is, I don't even know if there's a Corinth there now, but there is a Tulsa Church of God. To them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. And this is the blessing. Grace be to you. And peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. For all of us. Those are wonderful, powerful, and beautiful words to help us in our life. And I always like to read Paul's beginnings because he always encourages with that, even though sometimes he also chastises with his epistles. So uh, that's an encouragement. Those who fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Uh, there's more than one that said that, but this one I can quote from Churchill, Winston Churchill. And I don't know exactly what time or when, but I believe that. I am probably one of the older members here, not the oldest, but one of the older ones. And I've seen a lot of history. And I've seen a lot of repeat history. A lot of things that we did not learn, we continue to fall into the same patterns. And it seems like my generation has caused a lot of problems over the the time. We were the ones that got us embroiled in the Vietnam War, which was a, you know, could have been winnable, but it was a horrible war because it, at the end we had to do some very terrible things to try to win it, and eventually we were out of it. And today, we've just gotten out of a, a land war, and we're getting ready to get, I think, and I hope not, and I pray not, because of the Russian bearer is sitting right on the, the border in Ukraine, and I hope we're not getting ready to be involved in that. But knowing that history repeats itself, I wouldn't be surprised. I remember, <laughs> I hate to bring this up, but I remember a picture of a man and a woman walking in an advertisement and you couldn't tell the difference in them. They were both wearing exactly the same clothes. And they, the, the girl was you know, straight as an arrow, and of course the guy was straight as an arrow, and they called them the unisex group. You know, that was a very popular during a 
part of my life, and I remember them parading around while everybody else was enjoying, you know, a different uh, <laughs> scenario. But what do we have today? What's going on today? We have gone so far to the other end, <laughs> and now we're trying to make men into women and women into men. And if, we, if they can't convince somebody, they'll just go ahead and get all cut up and, and it's very, very sad. It's almost like we're repeating another history or historical perspective. Many, many things that are going on in the world and history isn't very important. There's a whole bunch of young people in this congregation who don't even know anything about 9-11 and what happened. And yet, as young people, you should study it and you should find out what happened. You should also look at the history of the United States and find out how benevolent and wonderful we were at the beginning and how because of our Constitution and the, the freedoms that we have, it's now being taken advantage of. There was an interesting quote from one of our founding fathers who said, this is a republic if you can keep it. And they understood that the freedoms could be used and violated and taken advantage of. And we see that today. And we see that as in a historical uh, perspective as things have changed. When I was a young man, uh, there were all kinds of stories and things about communism and there were battles with the FBI battling communists and all of this and you know, the underground and that. And now we have them in our own Congress openly admitting that that's what they are, socialists or communists or whatever. And so we have changed, and we have the things in the world are changing. And so we need to be aware of that. And I want to go to uh, Paul's writing because all of the scriptures have one thing in common. The first thing they try to do is help you to understand a historical perspective. <laughs> if you have not seen that in your studies, um, you've missed something because every time that there is a, a need to focus on something, history is brought up, especially Israel's history. And I want us to focus on the thought of Israel's history, how important that is in coming to understand the history of America. Because when Israel had good leadership, good kings, they prospered. They were prosperous. They were free from uh, tyranny, and people were uh, able to live. But when they began to sin, when things began to change, God would punish them, and those things happened uh, to Israel. And so it's a good study because one-third of the Bible is historical perspective. So in, in chapter 10 of 1 Corinthians, it says, Moreover, brethren, I would not have uh, not that you should be ignorant how that all of our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. 
and were all baptized to Moses in the cloud in the sea. And all did eat the same spiritual meat, all did eat, uh, drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Remember that first generation uh, died in the wilderness. Now these things were for our examples, to the intent that we should not lust after the things as they lusted. Neither be you idolaters, as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and, and rose up to play. So if you want a real study, you would go back to each one of these points and you would go back and you would look at what happened at that particular juncture in, in history, in is Israel's history. And you would understand why Paul wrote this for our admonition, for our understanding. That's what admonition means. It is information, instruction, understanding. Now, these things were for our example to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be you idolaters, as were some of them, as it is written. The people sat down to, uh, to eat and drink and rose up to play. And what did they do? They built a golden calf and they began to sin and they began to worship that golden calf. It was um, a very <laughs> dis disappointing to God and, and Moses had to stand in the breach over that situation. But that's what happened. And it's a historical perspective we should understand. Neither let us commit fornication or sexual immorality as some of them committed and fell in one day, three and twenty thousand. Neither let us attempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur you, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things, all this historical perspective, what we can look at, what we can study, what we can come to understand, happen to them for examples. And they are written for our admonition, for our instruction, of whom the ends of the world are come. Isn't that interesting? The end of the age. What is written in the scriptures are for us. This day and age. Today. And we, I have something to, to say about that here in a bit because every one has an end of the age. But we'll talk about that in a minute. That's where I wanted to end. And it says here at the end, Wherefore let him that thinks he stands take heed that he, uh, lest he fall. And that's very true. In Second Peter, in Second Peter, the second chapter, it goes through all of these things, historical perspective that we we can come to understand. And beginning in verse one, there were false prophets, who among the people, even as there shall be false prophets among you, who secretly shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord 
that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall, shall be evil speaking of, speaking of, spoken of. And through covetousness shall, they be, uh, shall with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of long time lingers not, and their damnation slumbers not. For if God spared not the angels that sin, but cast them down to hell, and that's a, uh, that hell is a particular one, a Tartarus, it's a, a place of restraint, deliver them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment. Spare not the old world, but save Noah the eighth, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. All historical perspective, all history. We need to understand biblical history because we need to understand what's going on in the society that we live in, and it will give us a perspective in that. To see the evil that was there, that God had to destroy the world because it was so wicked, so wicked. And the turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes condemned them with the overthrow, making them an example to those that afterwards should live ungodly. There's a few people that should be reading that. They should be reading about Sodom and Gomorrah, and they should quake and, and, be, and tremble. And deliver just Lot, vexed with filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them and seeing the, and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their uh, unlawful deeds. And, and we have the same, we have that same feeling inside of us. And especially us older people that have seen something a little bit different many, many years ago. Of course, you know, we come to understand that this nation that we live in has not always been perfect in the things that they've done. Uh, have not always had um, good intentions, but there have been some good things that this nation has done, and we've been blessed many, many times. But it does vex us. It does trouble us that we see the things in this nation and what's going on. He does know how to... We, the Lord knows how to d deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the undress to the day of judgment to be punished. But chiefly them that walk after the flesh and the lust of the uncleanness and despise government presumptions are they self-willed and they are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord. But these are natural brute beasts. <clears throat> made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of things that they understand not and shall utterly perish in their own corruption. Boy, the Bible is filled sometimes with, uh, with warnings to people not to go down the path of unrighteousness and not to sin, not to be that way. I don't know how far I was going to go. I wasn't going to go that far with but you got the, the message. <laughs> Galatians 5. It's always uh, 
disheartening to read all of the sins and the plague of uh, mankind, isn't it? And they're always prevalent down through history. If you look at the history books and you read the history books, you find all of these sins and the sins of mankind down through the ages. Sometimes it's worse. Sometimes it's a little better. But these sins have been prevalent down through the ages and today. (laughs) They are way more prevalent than they have been for a long time. I was just reading an article this morning about uh, San Francisco. And it's... I went there once, I had a, and I think I told everybody here, I had a seminar there, and it was kind of an interesting one, and I enjoyed it. Walked the streets in the middle of the night, and felt very safe, but it has changed. It has changed a lot. And there are people doing drugs everywhere, and it is a mess. And the people in that city are not even doing anything to help. They're just making it worse. And it's a shame because we are in the, we are made in the the likeness of God. All of us are made in the likeness of God. And so these people are laying around doing drugs and wasting their life and destroying their life is worthless and terrible. And so we find these sins everywhere. Now, these are the works of the flesh. They are manifest. Which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry. How many idols do we have in this society? If you were really looking at things and really realizing what's going on, idolatry is very, very prevalent. It seems like um, the woman was getting just crazy over the fact that somebody had turned over Roe versus Wade. It was almost like she was had missed her opportunity to worship at the feet of Moloch. And so she was very angry for anybody that couldn't worship at the feet of Moloch and bring their children to be to be sacrificed. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, Indians, murders. Uh, I hope we're not becoming the murder capital. Uh, every day at least one, two murders in, in, in Tulsa. And I know I say that every time I get up here. It seems like it's uh, <laughs> like a broken record. But I remember that I've, I've lived in Tulsa all my life. I was five years old, maybe, four or five years old when we moved into Tulsa. (laughs) I even ran away once when I was a kid. So I know this beautiful place has changed a lot. I've seen it change. And it's, 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 it's bad. And he says, railings and such as like them, in which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So what's the answer? What is the answer? Well, Jesus has the answer. Um, In fact, Jesus is the answer. But the answer is very simple. Matthew 4 and verse 17. After he came out from underneath 
the, it's not Matthew 4. Yeah, it is Matthew. I better get to Matthew. <laughs> After he came out uh, from that uh, challenge that, uh, the, of Satan and in the wilderness, he began to preach. I better get to the right place. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In Acts the seventeenth, I mean in, uh, in yeah, in Acts the seventeenth chapter, the Mars Hill situation. The Mars Hill, where Paul is standing, where all of those gods are there, and he says, <laughs> "The this is the unknown God," and then he he makes this. In verse 30, he says, The times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. That is what is needed. Everywhere. Men to repent. The nation to repent. Because he has appointed a day in which he shall judge the world in righteousness. By that man whom he has ordained, whereof he has given assurance to all men that he has raised him from the dead. That man, of course, is Jesus Christ, and he sits at the right hand of the Father in heaven. And if you want to be a part of the kingdom, you need to repent. You need to change. You need to come out of this world. We need to not have a part of the things that are going on in this world. In Acts 2.38, you can turn to there. It says the first thing you want to do is repent. Then be baptized and accept in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And it's a positive. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the positive is the kingdom of God. And Barnabas gave us good news last week. I'm going to give us a little more. I don't know if I read his, I picked his or not, but I, I think we all need to grasp a hold of the good news of the kingdom, especially after if, if things begin to get worse in the, in the United States and in the world, and the world begins to turn against, um, and it already has in many, many places, people that call upon the name of Christ now are, are being persecuted, being killed, how soon is it going to come to America? It's already in Canada, in Great Britain, Australia, different places. It's very difficult to preach the truth, the Word of God, the whole Word of God, to stand up and preach about Sodom and Gomorrah, about all of the things that are wrong in the society. It's, it's difficult because you could get put in jail for it. In 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, beginning in verse 1, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, and Paul is talking about this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have reckoned the, uh, renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in uh, craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hidden, it's hidden to them, that are lost, and that's that's sad. That this world this world 
is rejecting God's word more and more. In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them, which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine to them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. And that's because we have God's Holy Spirit. That's what helps us in times of great trials and tribulations. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. And I think that's a very, very positive. Jesus living in us, and that's a part of what we are. For we which live are always delivers to death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death works in us, but life in you. We having the same spirit of faith, according to as it is written, I believe and therefore have I spoken, we also believe and therefore speak. Knowing that he which raised up Jesus, uh, the Lord Jesus, shall raise us also by Jesus and shall present us with him, with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but through our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. And one more finishing scripture here in Peter, First Peter. There's some beautiful scriptures here in the second chapter. He says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and guile and, and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. If so be that you have tasted, the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as to a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, you also are lively stones. We're a part of this. We're a part of what Jesus is doing. Are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion in the, the, the chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believes on him shall not con, uh, be confounded. To you, therefore, which believe, he is precious. But to them which are uh, disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. And the stone of stumbling, a rock of offense, even to them which stumble um, at the word, being dis, uh, disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But you, and I want to I emphasize this scripture to all of us here, because this is so important. 
We are the most precious thing in God's sight because we're alive and we're walking the earth and it's not time for the kingdom yet, for the resurrection and all of that stuff. So those of us who are walking this earth and have the spirit in us, we are the chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. All, no matter where they're at, in the world, no matter where they're at in the world, the Holy Spirit's in them, they're a part of this holy nation. A peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of this darkness into his marvelous light, which in times past were not people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as, straight and, as strangers and pilgrims abstain from fresh fleshly lust, which war against the soul. And I'm going to stop right there because I think we all understand how precious the Word of God is and what the calling means in our life and how important it is for us to understand history because it's written. All of history is written, if we can search it out, especially biblical history, is written for our admonition, for our instruction, to give us understanding so that we can come into the kingdom and, and really understand and not be deceived in this world that we live in.